and a happy Friday to you and yours from the Dog Bowl here in Berea, Ohio. I'm Jason Gibbs. He's Andrew Gribble. This is the best podcast available. We're getting you ready for Browns and Bills Sunday at 1 o'clock at First Energy Stadium. The Browns returning home. Five of the last eight here at home, Gribbs, and a chance for this team to really change the narrative from what we've seen the first eight games of the 2019 season. Yeah, and it's probably going to take more than one win to change the narrative. You got to yeah. win. A, you got to string a few of these together because, I mean, if we're going to even entertain the thought of of contending for the postseason, you've got to win the next three at least to at least start getting in that direction and really. You can't lose any of these games the rest of the way if you want to have a chance at the playoffs, especially after what the Raiders did last night. They're looking like a pretty good wild card team as well. And the team you're facing this weekend would be the top wild card team in the Buffalo Bills right now. They're six and two. They're a really good team. And uh, they do things in a way that isn't exactly pretty. They've beaten a lot of bad teams, but they're beating these teams. And that's why they sit where they are at now. Uh, and in a great position to to get back to the playoffs. So the Browns just simply need to win a game before we talk about multiple ones, but it's going to take uh, a lot more than just one weekend to kind of wash off the, the stink uh, of the first half of the season. And it means not beating yourself. Yeah. And that's been the Browns' primary opponent here for the last three or four weeks. Yeah, and it's it, you, you, and the, the, that's what makes last week so tough to swallow because you did all the right things – that you hadn't been doing the previous weeks. Low on penalties, no offensive penalties at all, uh, no turnovers, uh, dominated time of possession. You did all the things you're supposed to do to win. You just didn't capitalize in the red zone. And this is a Buffalo Bills team that's going to make you pay for that because not only are they good defensively uh, in limiting what you're going to be able to do, especially through the air, they're the best red zone offense in the NFL. So they don't get in the red zone much, but when they do, they, they make the most of it, and that's what's made them so good. Uh, and, and I don't think the Browns' red zone defense has been particularly good this year. So you have to, on um, both ends of the field, bottle, bottle up those scoring opportunities and make the most of the ones you get. Well, and, and you talk about making the most of your opportunities. The Buffalo Bills' two losses have been to teams that are 500 or better, Philadelphia and New England. Your wins have come against the Jets, the Giants, the Bengals, the Titans, the Dolphins, and Washington. Arguably five of the worst six teams in the National Football League. So the Bills have made the most of their their opportunities. And the offense for the Bills, a little so-so, but, man, that defense is pretty impressive. And it starts with the way that they limit the passing game, and that will become a challenge for the Browns on Sunday. Yeah, it's largely a, a no-name defense. Their big player is Tredavious White uh, from LSU, the cornerback. He's He was on ESPN's uh, midway point all-NFL team. He's a very, very good player. and But they just play such disciplined, sound defense. And I think Freddie Kitchens talked about that uh, earlier this week. All these guys are in the right place, right time, uh, playing within themselves. Uh, a familiar face over in Buffalo who's really made the most of his second chance in the NFL is Jordan Poyer. I mean, he's become one of the better safeties in the NFL after spending time here in Cleveland for the first four years. Micah Hyde alongside him as well. If you're going to have success against this Bills team, it's going to be running the ball with both Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, especially up the middle against their defense, which is what the Eagles did so well uh, in dominating the Bills a few weeks ago. Yeah, I'm, there are opportunities, but – uh, a very good pass defense, really, really good up front on the defensive line, and we have definitely struggled a little bit at times with that this year. On the offensive side for Buffalo, uh, it starts with Josh Allen, and Allen with 10 touchdowns, seven interceptions on the year, uh, has done a good job, I guess, managing the game 
and you hate to say, well, he's a good game manager, but he's done what they've asked of him. He has shown some flashes, st- slowly but surely improving uh, from that rookie year. And uh, I don't know if he's the quarterback of the future, but right now he's doing exactly what they need him to do. Yeah, you know, it's really interesting because we we obviously talked a lot about Josh Allen going into that 2018 <laughs> year. Bit. and. Uh, you know, it was he was linked to the Browns for a while. Uh, the more that we learned about that whole draft process, the less that we are to believe that he was ever in the mix uh, for the Browns. But I just didn't anticipate him being this kind of player. And I'm not saying I didn't think he'd be good. I just didn't think that the most accurate comparison to him would be Cam Newton. But that's kind of what he is. I mean, that's that's really what he's become. He's he's absolutely dangerous running the ball inside the twenty. He's he's he can scramble and pick up yards that way as well. And the the, the knock on him is is like Cam Newton. Sometimes the accuracy just isn't there. And I think that, but but the fact that he's playing at this level and winning at this level, I would I would be honest and say that surprised me. I just didn't expect that this was the kind of quarterback he would become. I thought he was more just a big armed, big guy in the pocket. But really, he's he, outside of Lamar Jackson, I would say he's the second most effective running quarterback in the league right now. Yeah, four touchdowns rushing on the year, 247 yards rushing, uh, averaging over four yards a carry. And like you said, inside the red zone, a guy that the Browns are going to have to account for uh, on that Bills offense in terms of a runner more so than a passer. Yeah, you know, and, and that's something that they can clean up after last week. I, didn't, I don't think anyone was expecting Brandon Allen to run the way he did last week. He only did it a few times, but it was effective when he did it. And I think that that, that can always – that can break even a good defense. We saw it last week with the Patriots and, and the, the Ravens. They Even they couldn't contain Lamar Jackson, uh, and they played so well defensively all year. It takes some discipline, uh, and it just it, you just have to be aware of it. I think it's going to be more a part of the game plan this week than maybe it was last week against Brandon Allen where you didn't know much of anything – but when you throw in Devin Singletary, who's really kind of coming on now for them, they're they're getting their pieces together on an offense that really I don't think many people were excited about in the offseason. And really, statistically, they're still not that great. It's just their ability to score when they need to. All right, taking a look at our football team, some news here in the last uh, last six hours, I guess you could say, and it was rumored last night on Thursday Night Football and confirmed this morning when the team put out the official statement, but J.C. Treader going to remain a Cleveland Brown, a, a good deal for him, I think a good deal for this football team. And now you've got two cornerstones, two pillars on that offensive line that are going to be here for a little bit in Joel Batonio and J.C. Treader. But for Treader, a, a well-deserved contract extension. Yeah, and he's earned it in every sense of the word. And, and I think that he – the thing about Treader, too, is he's gotten better. I think that that's – the first year I don't think was his best year. I think he would be the first to admit that he got bigger. Uh, and, and he's played the position really well and effective. And for the Browns, from a big picture standpoint, there's a couple things I thought of. First off, the moment that you were ready to move on from Corbett, to me, this became a priority. Because I think Corbett was potentially being groomed sure. uh, as the successor at that position, but it just didn't work out. He, he wasn't taking it on as, as well as they, they liked, and they had to trade him uh, for a pick, and they had to move on. Secondly, this eliminates a position on the offensive line that you have to address this offseason where we would anticipate the Browns are going to be addressing multiple spots uh, on the offensive line. You don't want to go into an offseason having to address more positions than you do the positions you have occupied. And I think at least now, in a, in a perfect world, I think you've got it set up where if, if Wyatt Teller becomes the kind of guy that you maybe think he can be, 
you've got that interior taken care of, and then maybe you start looking at what you can do at the tackle positions, which have obviously uh, both both ends have, have struggled this year. So I, I think that, that that's why a deal like this, you like to get this done now. You don't want to let him get out there and test free agency. The Browns dealt with that a few years back, letting Alex Mack test free agency. He was obviously gone. Centers are, are very important around the league. Uh, and highly valued, and I think it's, it hasn't gone unnoticed that Trader was playing in the at, at the minimum top half of the league, if not top ten. Look at Treader, look at Batonio. Your thoughts on what Greg Robinson did last week, back from the one game where he was benched. Uh, Todd Monken said it yesterday. We hope that he's learned from his mistakes and learned what is expected of him from the team and from a league aspect and. You, you have to hope that that left tackle solidified now for the rest of the season. You mentioned it, and we'll get to your one-on-one. You sat down with Wyatt Teller, former Buffalo Bill, uh, on going up against his former team coming up this Sunday. Uh, your thoughts on how that offensive line played now with some pieces and parts moving around the last couple of weeks? You know, it might be premature to say, but I think I it's it, just when you hear guys talk this week about the offensive line, it seems like, this is what they're going to lock into for the rest of the year. I think that's the vibe because I think when you do three consecutive weeks with a different piece in there, I think that can get old in a hurry. So I think now they at least seem locked in with this group being it. I thought Greg Robinson was better. I wouldn't say he was at the level that he was uh, the previous year when he played really well. Uh, And I thought Teller had some good moments. I also thought some of his mistakes or or issues were communication-related. He had a really tough first opponent and, and Derek Wolf uh he'll be going up against some familiar faces this week in, in Buffalo it's but I think that Teller was brought in obviously not as a guy that they thought they could plug in right away and, and I think that to give up the picks that the Browns uh, apparently did th- there's some vision with him maybe toward the future he started seven games for the Bills last year he, he's going to start again uh moving forward with the Browns I mean this is someone I think you can hope is your guy at that position for a while now, and that's why this is a big opportunity for him moving forward. No question about it. Uh, You did get a chance to sit down with Wyatt Teller, and uh, here's a man that plays a little bit of an attitude as well. Uh, You can can expect a little – he was mixing it up nicely with the Denver defense uh, last Sunday, but held his own and – before we get to the interview, your takeaways after hanging out with him for a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I mean, he's a, he's a fun guy, and I think that he, he's he's got a, a personality that, that makes him easy to root for. I, I just think it was interesting because it, he, he discusses it a little bit, but the transition that he had to make from left guard to right guard is something that people think is just automatic because you always hear about these guards moving all over the place. Usually those guys are veterans, and I think that that's why – Teller in just his second year this took a little bit of time for him to get worked in into the rotation uh and and now it just looks like he could be a, a guy at that position moving forward and again I'm rooting for him because that makes your offseason a little bit easier if you've got right guard taken care of all right our own Andrew Gribble as I mentioned sat down with Wyatt Teller have a listen all right Wyatt kind of looking back on your first start with the Browns what did you like about it what, what are you looking to work on this week well I mean uh you know there was ups and downs um you know inconsistencies with the uh, with the ways I'd play. You know I'd play really well at times, and then uh, other times, you know, it uh, it almost looked like I, I you know, what, what's he doing out there? You know, but uh, you know, it's just you got to find those uh, find the consistencies and you know work on the things that you didn't do right, and you know move forward. How much of a tough first test was Derek Wolf out there? Uh, he's a good player. Uh, he's fast. He's smart. He's strong. Um, you know, all props to him. You know, uh, you know. My first start last year was against uh, Leonard Williams, so uh, you know that was uh, that was kind of a 
crazy guy to go against too. So, you know, with that in mind, I mean, it, it's iron sharpens iron. You know, you see these these great players all around the league. You know, there's no there's none of them that aren't that aren't good. But uh, you know, going to number 95, Derek Wolf, he's a he's a good player too. For, for you, what's this transition been like? And I know you're making the move from left to right. How, how did how did that go in the first part of the season? How comfortable are you feeling right now? Yeah, um, I mean, that was the first substantial playing time I've had at right guard. Um, so it was really, like I said, the in, uh, you know inconsistencies showed. You know, things that I was comfortable on my left. You know, I'm not so comfortable on my right. So I gotta you know be able to um, you know make the changes and uh, you know fix whatever was holding me back or lagging a little bit. So you'd never done the position even in college or anything like that. I mean, I did a little bit of right guard, you know, uh, in the NFL, but um, I'm talking about like substantial, like yeah. 70 plays, like not not just 10 or you know 20 or something like that, like substantial playing time. So, what have you learned from kind of James Campen and the the system he does and, and picking up the terminology? Yeah, I mean, uh, a lot of the coaching techniques and uh, you know fundamentals are a lot similar to um, you know what I was taught last year in Buffalo with uh, you know Coach Castillo, um, you know differences you know obviously uh each coach is going to have his differences but um you know a little different than you know what i came from with uh with coach johnson in buffalo so you know it's it's learning how he wants it doing it the way he needs it and you know trying to trying to be the best at doing it Look, looking back on it how how valuable were those starts you got in buffalo and how much did that kind of set you up for the second year yeah i know i'm i'm always uh i'm always thankful to that to that group that uh that helped me with that or gave me the opportunity you know and you know also getting an opportunity here it's i mean it's special you know, it doesn't happen like that for everybody. And, you know, to come in here and, you know, compete and play a little bit, it's it's a good feeling. And uh, I'm, you know, just ready to, you know, get better each week. What's the toughest part of joining a starting group kind of midstream midway through the season? And, and what, what what does it put on your shoulders? Yeah, I mean, it, you know, communication's huge. Those guys are starting to get a little bit of chemistry together. And then to be thrown in there, I mean, with injuries, it's going to happen naturally. With, with uh, you know, changes, it's going to happen naturally. But... Um, you know, it takes time to get, you know, that chemistry. So it's not like we're picking up from zero. I was with them for the first seven weeks, but those starts, the game, in-game stuff is so important. So, um, you know, picking up where, uh, you know, the guys who weren't in there, you know, left off is, is important. I know as blockers, you guys just block for whoever's back there, but how much excitement is there now that you, that you there's a backfield now with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt back there for you guys blocking? Sure there was always a backfield back there. there we have great players, yes. Uh, Kareem Hunt is he's the next level and so is Nick but um, you know our even our secondary backs are amazing uh, amazing running backs and uh, a testament to you know they don't get their name called all the time yet here they are working their butts off and uh, you know doing everything like that so it is nice to have you know uh, Kareem coming back he's a playmaker and he's an amazing guy um, amazing player so you got to you know you're, you're excited about it, but I was also excited last week when I was, you know, Dontrell and everybody like that. So, you know, it's it's special whoever you got back there. I know it was kind of a whirlwind when you got traded here, but how much have you kind of settled in and, and made this made this your home so far? Yeah, so uh, like you said, you said perfectly, you know, it's kind of like I don't have a lot of time at home. So really the bye week was the only time I really got to, like, really settle in, get everything, you know, uh, um, at my apartment, but you know, settling into here, settling into the community, settling into everything. I mean, everybody's so nice, everybody's so welcome. Um, it's nice, and then to actually get into the the building and uh, you know, you know, have camaraderie with all the guys. Um, you know, doors are open, and it's so nice. You know, it's it's a great feeling to have. You know, um, you know, welcoming welcoming guys. 
Um, so it's always nice. Still a little surreal that you'll be going up against the Bills this week. And, and what, what can you, what can you, what do you know about them for, so for defensively? It is, it's, it's surreal um, that uh, you know it, it comes back to here. But I, I, I knew it. You know, it was, it wasn't marked on my calendar by any means. But it was, it was an important game. You know, it was, um, you know, I got traded from one team to another, and uh, it's important to, uh, to play well. Just, are you surprised by what they've been able to do, 6-2 and two so far this season? Oh, I mean, it's a testament to what Coach McDermott's doing. I mean, he's, I think he's a great player, I think. Uh, uh, I mean, a great coach. Um, you know, they have great players. They have uh, great leaders. And, uh, you know, it's, I, I saw it last year. You know, they went from a playoff team and then a little bit of uh, a dip last year. Um, whatever that may be, a new, uh, younger quarterback, younger linebacker, whatever it is, they're hitting, they're playing well now, and uh, I'm happy for them. Pre-game, who's the first person you're looking for to meet up with there? Oh, uh, I don't know. Probably whoever you know is out there. I'll probably say hey to. But uh, you know, I texted Josh I think this past week and was like, uh, you know, just uh, it's it's weird how you know I I wanted to no one to touch you, never to touch you, and now it's like if you get sacked a little bit, I'm not too mad. <laughs> but just giving I, I want everybody to stay healthy on the bill uh, on the Bills, and uh, you know I, w- I wish the best to uh, to my friends. Want to thank Wyatt Teller for his time. And, uh, you know, we talked about the offensive line a little bit. We talked about J.C. Treader's contract extension. Uh, the other big addition this week is the return of Kareem Hunt. And how will the Browns use him on Sunday? Uh, it could be one of those where he hops right into the fire. It could be one of those where he gets some carries here and there. But nonetheless, going to be fascinating to see how another playmaker – is able to be integrated into this offense. Yeah, part of me wondered last week, and I know that this isn't why the Browns did this, but part of me wondered with Nick Chubb playing 45 snaps, Don Chilhier playing 30, I wondered, was I thinking, is it going to be like this next week, but with Nick Chubb playing 45 snaps and Kareem Hunt playing 30 snaps? That's I don't know if that's going to be the case, but that would make you feel pretty good if those guys are rotating back there and, and feeling fresh. And I think... As much as people were disappointed with the lack of Nick Chubb being on the field in certain situations, I, I do think he was looking really good in that fourth quarter. And I think that there's something plays into that uh, with with keeping him as fresh as possible, especially in altitude. I think the more intriguing part of this is if there's going to be situations where they're both on the field. I think that's what's more interesting to me than if you're going to be rotating them. Uh, but I do expect Kareem Hunt to have an impact in this game, especially hearing from players, hearing from Freddie. It's just a matter of how they use him. I think he is a – Chubb's a pretty good receiver. I think Hunt's a better receiver. Uh, I think Chubb's developed, though, into a top-five back, and that's why you really can't take him off the field. Uh, it, I, I would not expect a decrease in Chubb's snaps. Uh, I would expect at the minimum what he did last week in Denver. All right, switching sides to the defensive side of the football. Olivier Vernon has not practiced this week, not looking very hopeful uh, for Sunday. How do you replace him on that defensive line? It's it sounds like it's going to be I would imagine Chad Chad Thomas. I mean I think that's the the more likely guy potentially Chris Smith uh, getting getting more opportunities. But you really don't have any other true defensive ends uh, to work in there. Uh, it's a big loss, and I think Freddie Kitchens made that pretty clear on Thursday. Usually it's a he, he's the first to be like next man up, but he he admitted that losing Vernon, especially the way he was playing the last few weeks. Uh, it, it's going to be big, and I think it's more importantly, it, it's more of a worry for me against the run than it is against the pass. And I think that that's where Vernon had been uh, so good. Hopefully, this is just a one-week thing. Hopefully, you get him back for the Steelers game, but even then, that might be a reach. 
Uh, but it, the, the, this coaching staff has been really big on Chad Thomas. So I think this is a big opportunity for a guy who took a lot of heat his rookie year for not really getting on the field. But he's been solid. He, he's a reason why you were able to trade Denard Avery. They, you, you chose Chad Thomas as your, your backup rotation defensive end. So let's let's see it. Let's let's see let's see the the, the kind of player. I think he he made made a couple plays in the Baltimore game. He's gotten a sack. Uh, he, he's someone that I think that they have confidence that will fill this role nicely. All right, at the safety spot, good to get Demarius Randall back, especially with Eric Murray out, and obviously everything that went down with Jermaine Whitehead, who's no longer with the football team. Uh, a lot going to be expected of Randall, and even more expected of Morgan Burnett, who continues to see an increase in plays week in and week out. Yeah, he's played every snap since the bye week, uh, and so he he went from being someone who was maybe being used about twenty snaps a game to every snap. The one thing that maybe hasn't been discussed en- enough, but it, it it could affect the ability of this defense to go with three safeties. You have another guy out there in Justin Burris, who I think they really like. Uh, and can play out there. Sheldrick Redwine might also get some more defensive snaps now, but when you look at this Bills offense and what they do well, maybe this is another game where you see three linebackers on the field, and that would mean more of Darius Taylor. So it, it's something to keep an eye on. Maybe this is a week you break out Sione Takitaki for a little, a little bit of defense, but you might not be uh, as committed to, to, to three corners because you barely had to play three corners last week against Denver. Uh, so this is going to be a big one for the front seven, I think, more so. I think the secondary is going to be fine. If the Browns are to win on Sunday against the Buffalo Bills, they must do what? I would say outrush the Bills because I think if the Bills are able to control this game on the ground uh, and and kind of get Devin Singletary going and get his, his yards per carry ridiculous. He's over like six or seven yards per carry uh, on the season. I think that would be indicative of the Bills controlling this game and and, and – riding it out and winning it in ugly fashion. I think if the Browns outrush the Bills, that tells me that they've found a way to control this game, maximize Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, and capitalize on the Red Zone opportunity. So this is a big one for, for the Browns' ground game. Well, it is a must-win. They are all must-wins, basically, from here on out. The final eight games of the 2019 season start on Sunday against Buffalo. For Andrew Gribble, I'm Jason Gibbs. Thanks to Wyatt Teller for his time. This has been the best podcast available.